Welcome to this Market Commentator podcast, my weekly podcast where I speak to leading investment professionals. My name is Raik van Kerk and my guest today is Jamil Ahmed. He is the Global Head of Currency Strategy and Market Research at FXDM. Jamil is normally based in Cyprus, but today he has joined us in the MoneyWeb studio. Jamil, thank you for joining us and welcome to South Africa. Thank you very much for having FXTM and thank you for having me in South Africa as well. It's a pleasure to come. FXTM, uh, one of the big uh, international forex and derivative trading houses. Uh, how big is your operation in South Africa? It's certainly grown in South Africa. And what we see is a lot of interest in learning about financial education and investment education, because obviously South Africa has one of the most volatile currencies in the world. So this naturally does encourage interest around forex trading. But this is something that's very much a skill. It's a hobby that has to be developed. It's not something that everybody can get into. And it's certainly not a quick game. It's a really a skill that you have to develop. Investing comes with a high degree of risk. And it's not something that we would say that the everyday person should look at unless you're really invested in your own investor education. Let's talk about the RAND. It is uh, one of the most volatile currencies uh, in the world, as you've said. Why is that? Well, actually, it's one of the highest yielding currencies in the world. It's got one of the highest in interest rates. You look at the interest rates in the developed world, Europe, Japan, Bank of England in the United Kingdom, there's no interest rates really available. Only in the United States, we're starting to see some normalization of monetary policy. So this has attracted a lot of interest in emerging markets. And when you look at the emerging markets, you've got South Africa, Turkey, Brazil, Mexico, and Russia. These are the emerging markets with the highest interest rates, which provide the highest yield, which is why they're also some of the most volatile currencies as a result of that investor interest. And investors uh, or forex traders around the world, you know, obviously the RAND is uh, one of the most liquid, as you've said, uh, more than a third of the South African GDP trades every day. That's in excess of uh, three and a half trillion RAND. Do you see the same liquidity in other emerging market currencies? Not necessarily. Um, some of the high yielding currencies, the Turkish lira is very volatile. We saw a lot of volatility in some of the Latin American currencies over the summer. We all know about the Argentina peso crisis. Brazilian real and Mexican peso are also quite active. But when you generally look for emerging market currency volatility, the RAND is the leading contender. Let's talk about volatility. It is not good for an economy. Um, it makes it very difficult to plan. You have treasury departments in South Africa with uh, hundreds of employees just to try and mitigate risks. Does that, the extent of volatility, does that ensure that forex traders would make more money or not? Not necessarily. You look at change in the market, so it's an opportunity. But again, FX trading is not something for everybody. And it's something that you have to understand. It's not a lottery ticket. It's not something that's a quick win. It's a skill that you really have to develop. So it can take a lot of time towards learning how to trade and then to become a profitable trader also takes time. So it's not something that you can just pick up and do the same way you can't just pick up a soccer ball, play for Manchester United. How does the local forex traders compare to international ones? All FX traders are pretty much the same on a retail level. All have interest in towards learning how to trade. One thing that South Africans seem to have is a lot more knowledge around FX probably because of the volatility that you're used to with the South African round. As a forex you know, player and derivatives player more generally, do you think the political developments in South Africa, South Africans are very emotional, we do tend to try and look for a reaction. So whenever something interesting happens, and interesting in quotation marks, 
we uh, measure the impact on the volatility of the currency. But sometimes the volatility stems from international developments. How much does local events impact on the currency? It's a very good question, something that I'd like to point out. Um, domestic politics does seem to overshadow the headlines behind the movements in the South African round. However, if you look at the emerging market currency basket this year, you will see that the Mexican peso stands alone as the only currency to not have weakened against the dollar in 2018. And emerging market currency weakness isn't something that's idiosyncratic or isolated to South Africa. You've seen RAND, uh, sorry, we've seen currency weakness across emerging markets throughout 2018. So there's no real way to say that the domestic front here or any political factors in South Africa is behind the currency weakness. We're seeing very much a global currency weakness story in emerging markets and it does stem from international developments mostly a lot of trade uncertainties with the united states and china which is impacting investor appetite towards taking on risk if you have less risk appetite consequently you have less attraction towards emerging market assets and then your higher yield in emerging market assets like the south african rand they suffer from a very limited amount of investor appetite for buy-in does the performance of the RAND, you know, obviously it's more volatile, as you've said, but is it trend out of kilter with the other emerging markets in a significant way? Not necessarily. Um, you can say there's quite a close correlation if you see volatility in the Turkish lira, the Mexican peso. It's quite possible you're also going to see volatility in the South African RAND and the Russian ruble. Um, I'll give you an example of what's happening today. President Erdogan has made a statement about what's happened in Saudi Arabia. We saw a sell-off in the Turkish lira. That's also led to more selling pressure in the South African RAND. So you can see a correlated move in the emerging markets. If one emerging market currency is suffering, it's quite possible that in the high-yielding currencies that that cause a correlation effect. But let's talk about international market and what drives the, the volatility. One of the first things analysts normally mention is the future of uh, U.S. interest rates, which is a very predictable economic measurement in the U.S. Uh, it, uh, you know, we will see a staggered increase in rates. Everybody knows it. Why do markets all over the world react so in such a volatile way because of U.S. interest rates? Well, you've got the world's largest economy, and the world's largest economy has normalized the monetary policy. Having said that, U.S. interest rate policy has been priced in for quite some time. What hasn't been priced in is the recent change in uh, narrative when it comes to President Trump. He's now commenting more actively on interest rate policy, saying that he doesn't agree with it, which means that any changes in U.S. interest rate policy are now causing more sensitive headlines and reactions from investors. But there's a lot of other external uncertainties, and I will circle back to the trade tensions between the United States and China, political risk and other elements of geopolitical risk. This is really what's driving currency volatility in 2018. And the Federal Reserve and U.S. interest rate policy, it's definitely not something that is as common for driving market volatility as unpredictable political risk. But do you see this scenario you've just uh, explained to normalize or just calm down in some way to reduce the volatility in the near future? Not necessarily. It's a very common theme throughout 2018. We see some unpredictable political risk, something that you can't really predict what could happen on a day-to-day -day basis. Um, US-China trade tensions is one of the best examples of this. This is what's making investors very... Um, hesitant towards investing in emerging market assets, which is another reason why the South African rand has suffered for a prolonged period. Interest rate policy is actually very predictable. What's not predictable is the social media feed of the United States president. Do you really think he 
can influence markets in such a dramatic way. How much of the volatility comes from him directly? Answers yes, and I've never seen politics influence financial markets the way that they have since he came into office. There's no way we can put a number or a level of volatility, but you can say that Trump is able to influence financial markets with his Twitter feed. Do you see traders keeping uh, a tab on his Twitter feed, hitting refresh every five seconds? Absolutely, and I'm one of them. I'm constantly trying to update my Twitter feed to see what the latest developments are, because you can't predict this stuff. You know, that is actually quite an indictment of the whole international financial system. If uh, one, you know, obviously he is a very powerful man, can influence uh, the currency or the exchange rate to such an extent that that is happening at the moment. These are uncertain times. There's a lot of unpredictable things that if we would have said would have happened one year ago or two years ago, most people would think it's not possible. But 2018 is the era of, you know, political risk. You see lots of movements towards populism that's happening across Europe and developed economies. And that's also causing some reactions from investors, which is why the markets are looking very choppy. The rand could be up, it could be down. The Johannesburg Stock Index could be up, could be down. Same way of global markets. We saw a recovery in the Shanghai Composite Index on Monday, more positive uh, sentiment that was spread into other markets. Today, things are much more negative than one would expect because of all the unpredictable elements that are really changing the dynamics in the world. Let's talk about equity markets. We are seeing the U.S. Uh, market perform pretty well, uh, while the rest of the world is, is not performing well, especially emerging markets. What do you think is currently driving this uh, almost divergent uh, performance? There certainly has been a divergence in equity markets. Um, more over the past couple of weeks, we've seen that there are signs the U.S. economic cycle has hit its peak which means that investors are pricing as much good news into the U.S. equity markets as they can. We saw a lot of corporate earnings over the past week or so that surprised the upside, probably because of the tax, um, sorry, the Trump campaign promises and how they've been implemented. However, even positive earnings was leading to a sell-off in U.S. equity markets, which is a very unusual sign. And it probably suggests that investors are aware that this could be as good as it gets, and that things could really downturn from here because away from that headline, U.S. economic growth is at 4% and close to those levels. And it might even rise a little bit above it. But over the medium and longer term, there's no way you can expect the United States economy as a major developed economy to consistently print at those levels, which does provide some sort of element towards why investors might not be pricing in more gains into equity markets. And when it comes to the other equity markets, whether that's Asia, Europe, or emerging markets, uncertain political risk, uncertain elements of where the US and China trade tensions could really develop. This is where there's a subdued trading atmosphere, and it's becoming more common to see losses than it is to become gains. Yes, but... If you look at emerging markets within this context, they are performing really poorly. You have several markets, uh, including the, the Chinese market in bear market territory, uh, having retreated more than 20% of high South Africa this year is down around 12%. Mm -hmm. Don't you think the poor performance in emerging markets is perhaps maybe overdone? Not necessarily, because it's emerging markets that are so dependent on global trade. And you've got the two most major economies in the world they're having these trade tensions. And you don't know how this can impact global economic growth. You don't know how this can impact uh, global trade either. Emerging markets are far more reliant on trade than developed markets. 
specifically in the developing world. It would be something that's probably more common in Asia, but there's definitely some negative repercussions of global trade tensions in the African economy as well. These are economies that are still um, developing. And you might see some hesitance from investors to really invest in emerging markets in Africa as well because of such an uncertain global landscape. Commodities, South Africa has a big exposure to international commodity markets. We've seen corrections or poor performances in the pricing of gold and and platinum and iron ore instances. Uh, How do you think this will influence the prices of commodities? And uh, do you think there could be a change in the trajectory in the near future? Well, the better news is that gold has performed better over the past couple of days with stock market volatility and with this increase in possible geopolitical tensions around Saudi Arabia, Turkey and the United States. That would be better news for miners and probably better news for the indexes as well. Having said that, you know, when you have big risk of a slowdown in global trade, what this could do to global economic growth. Consequently, there will be question marks raised around what the demand for commodities will be if global growth is really going to hit a downturn. And if you look at the concerning comments from the IMF two weeks ago in Bali, where they revised lower growth expectations for 2018 and 2019, they also made comments that global growth could possibly have plateaued. There's also downside risk for the commodity markets as well. Just lastly, you sit without any emotion when you look at South Africa. What do you think of the local economic and political developments and how it may shape the financial future of the country? And how do you think investors should view this? Well, political developments is something that investors will monitor, but I wouldn't say it's the massive catalyst towards the performance of the currency, for example, the RAND 15% down this year, that's not driven by politics, that's driven by global factors. And it's very much something that's been mirrored across other emerging market currencies as well. South Africa itself has so much potential and it continues to have so much potential. But what everybody wants to see, including those who live in South Africa and those who visit South Africa and those international investors, is South Africa to fulfill its potential because it is lagging behind the growth levels that it can encounter. We'll have to leave it there. Jamil, thank you for joining us. Thank you very much for having me. That was Jamil Ahmed. He is the Global Head of Currency Strategy and Market Research at FXDM.